so maybe, uh, yeah, I'd like to, f like, in a way, formally begin the conversation now. Uh, but obviously everything, we can use everything from behind. So maybe just so for some context for people that are um, potentially watching this, um, I released a video about Jordan Peterson and um, it was a, I suppose, an, an attempt to make sense of him um, uh, by comparing and contrasting him with Russell Brandt and uh, these are two figures who are on one level deeply spiritual, but are on different points maybe of uh, an ideological spectrum. And we can explore maybe the nuance of that. Mm -hmm. um, and it was my attempt, as was having come from a left-wing background and identifying as progressive, to try and bring an open-minded perspective on Peterson. Um, and, and using kind of clips from Russell Brand and Jordan Peterson's uh, discussions as a kind of a, a way to illuminate that um, and it got a, a I think it got a pretty good response it got 80,000 views and um, I think for me it signaled a desire for a response particularly from the left that was more than automatic dismissal and demonizing Peterson but actually being able to say this is what's good about him and this mm -hmm. is what maybe is problematic and I um, and so that, that happened. And then and a couple of weeks later, you sent me an email saying I wrote a critique of your essay uh, mm -hmm. or of the video. And my immediate response was kind of to go into that slightly panicked mode about what you might have said, because uh, I read the critique that you wrote of um, Jonathan Rousen's essay mm -hmm. um, and, and found that to be a, a penetrating analysis in the sense that it wasn't just playing the ideas, but it was actually diving into maybe some of the psychology of the, the author or the person. But anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm a three on the Enneagram, which is very achievement focused and also mm -hmm. image conscious. And so I, I carry a lot of that just fear of what people think of me or what they may think of me. So this is a kind of a, a sensitive territory. Um, but the other thing in terms of bringing the personal dimension in that I found interesting was that I had already warmed to you as a writer and thinker because one of your pieces on uh, the devouring mother, which was written about broadly, you know, the shadow of the left also helped me um, with family dynamics that I was experiencing on a trip back home to rural Ireland. So already there was this sense of, um, I suppose, an appreciation and an affinity, which um, I suppose allowed me to be more receptive. And I think these things are quite... Um, on one level, um, subtle, but actually quite important for it to be able to have a dialogue, that there is kind of this sense of generosity and willingness. So there's a bridge mm -hmm. upon which you can have it. So I just wanted to name the, maybe the background to the, the things that were going on in the background that maybe informed our um, conversation, which is, I, I feel has been productive so far. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's those two, those two poles, right? The devouring mother and the tyrannical father, well, our articulations of Peterson, right? Uh, which he, get, he gets from Jung and, and Newman uh, and all that. And what, what I've been seeing, right, in, 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 the, in the culture in general and in, in the reaction to, to, to Peterson is, let's say, fear of the tyrannical father, and which uh, I think goes along with the election of Trump. I mean, if you think of two figures today who are two male figures who are prevalent in the culture, uh, you would say Trump and Peterson. And I, I kind of see them on opposite 
poles. The father is such a threatening figure in, in postmodern culture and uh, to people uh, on the left uh, that this is, this, is the, um, this is the reason for all the extreme polarized you know, reaction to Peterson. And I think that that maybe was the, um, the core, I felt, of the critique of my video, which was that I set up a problem, which was that we live in a polarized culture. We are forced to take positions on Peterson mm -hmm. before him or against him. Um, and this reduces the complexity. And then, as you rightly point out, there is a, uh, um, an obvious irony in while I do weigh up Peterson and Brand, at the end, I come down with a, uh, a, a criticism from a progressive perspective um, and, mm -hmm. yeah. and say, you know, like I close the video by saying that, you know, we can't afford this type of thinking right now where we are. Um, and I think that um, it's, a really, it's a really spot on criticism and it's one that I was aware of um, as I was doing it. And I think that maybe just to share what was going on for me that led me to do that. And because I, I, I think that um, I am within a very left-wing um, progressive circle in London uh, where you know, there's a, quite a strong uh, queer LGBT community. And, you know, these are my friends. These are the people I see at parties. And so similar to you, any association with Peterson that, is, that wasn't rejecting uh, did carry a fear of being outgrouped. Um, and it does, you know, and as you, you referenced Jordan Greenhall's uh, articles that, you know, that, that is a very personal thing. You're not seen as a good social ally. You're not seen as a good, um, you know, sexual partner. It's at that level of, of rejection, you know, and... Uh, and well, that's I precisely the, the devouring mother, which doesn't allow you to have an individual point of view, right? It doesn't allow you to have a heterodox or a point of view is because you're devoured by the, by the tribalism, right? You, you, you can't mm. stand out or, or you're in danger, actually. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that, so I really, you know, I really felt this big anxiety about doing a piece on Peterson and, and uh, wanted on one level to bring this meta-modern perspective where we could really say yes and to Peterson, like what, is, what are the good things that he's bringing, um, but also felt a, a lot of pressure. And it was internal pressure. It was my capitulation to the tribal block uh, to, to, to kind of come down in, in a critical fashion. Um, and I think it's just, I think that's an interesting thing to kind of maybe make visible and make public is that mm -hmm. I felt a lot of anxiety and coming down, um, coming down with a constructive criticism was a way of alleviating that. And ultimately, um, I did feel a strong pressure to display loyalty to my in-group. Um, yeah. at, at the same time, it's not as simple as, you know, I did it from a place of fear. I also genuinely believe that his characterization of postmodernism is a bit of a straw man that he, over exaggerates the fears of collective action. Um, mm -hmm. All of those things I also believe, but um, there's more going on beneath the surface. And I think that what I'm finding in this conversational space that we're in is that we're surfacing in a true psychological sense, the thing behind the thing. So yeah, we have our arguments about issues, but actually what's going in beneath the surface? It's um, my fear of you know people having a go at me at the next party that I'm at because I don't, 
criticize Peterson strongly enough for, you know, his mm -hmm. view on climate change or Trump or women. Um, mm -hmm. Right. So, um, yeah, I'd be interested to get your reflection on that. And is, are there maybe any reference points that might enrich that? Well, uh, you know, if you if you uh, if you listen to his discussion with with uh, Russell Brand, which I thought was a, a great discussion, uh, by the way, I thought mm -hmm. they both they both were uh, able to have a, a conversation, um, uh, uh, um, a fruitful and enriching conversation, without uh, being for or against each other, uh -huh. mm. and um, uh, and yet coming from 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 different perspectives, and I think that's the subtle. Um, that's the subtle. That's, that was my my, my criticism. Is, is that is that well that you you seem to be taking um, uh, you, you seem to be pushing forward a, a conciliatory uh, message at the same time. You still seem to have this this uh, this uh, let's say uh, for or against position that you you seem to need to to uh, express. So can I? So one one thing that came up for me mm -hmm. was this. Um, tension between both and and really, you know, it, 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 I suppose it was your contention that if you really wanted to be meta-modern, to really just uh, integrate, you know, both perspectives, Russell Brand and Jordan Peterson's, and then yeah. just allow that to be rather than coming down on one side. But then also, I suppose, because we obviously, you know, these ideas operate within a context of them informing real policy decisions that affect people's lives. And, uh, and I suppose I, one, of the, one of my responses to you over email was, you know, if we're in an ad, like, okay, so there's a problem of polarization, but we do live in an adversarial political climate where there is mm -hmm. a, a battle of ideas and, and this battle informs policy choices about what we do in climate change, what we do in housing policy, mm -hmm. how we think about immigration. And where is the room while still holding um, an appreciation for other ideas to actually come down on one side and actually say no, like this, this is wrong, and we should we shouldn't listen as much to this person as we do, and we should remember the virtue and value of postmodernism or left wing perspectives, and that mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of so you know a lot of people who you know criticized a lot of let's say friends on the left who criticized my video and the interview I did with David Fuller and Rebel Wisdom would say that you're you're in giving cover to Jordan Peterson, you're also giving cover to, you know, the far right or the, who might use his ideas as intellectual cover for a right wing agenda that's really mm -hmm. spreading and growing. So I just wanted to, maybe that was kind of poorly expressed, but I wanted just to bring, bring that and get your thoughts on that. Well, I don't, think, I don't think there's any evidence that Peterson is far right. I think of course. I'm not, I'm not, I'm I not think there's, I think there's, there's, there's no evidence for that, and I think there is some evidence that he's a bit of a conservative. Uh -huh. And I'm not a yeah. conservative. I've never, I've never felt like a conservative. Um, mm -hmm. On the other hand, I think that what what he what what he what he does is he brings people uh, who have a conservative bent, let's say a conservative, uh, uh, to a position that, that that's 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 more that's more reasonable and and more more centered. So I think he's bringing a lot of the wing nuts. You know, from the far right, you know, into into a more reasonable uh, position. He allows me to view conservatism, traditionalism, uh, with with more more compassion uh, than, than than I did before. Well, I think that's an interesting one because again, it's the it's the background context that informs maybe your position. So to mm -hmm. share mine, 
I've very much been in the systems change space. That's been my, yeah. the work that I've done, that's been my agenda is, you know, transitioning from what I would see as a, you know, you know, for all its virtues and its ability to lift millions out of poverty, still a very extractive um, system uh, and trying to move to something that is more fit for purpose for the future. And, and so uh, I, sub I suppose maybe I, I, I see a lot of this, these ideas as what utility do they have for my political agenda? Um, mm. and, and that probably does obscure my ability to truly enter into a liminal space, to truly hold a not knowing position and to want to maybe corral people around a certain set of perspectives and positions. And I think that maybe a penny has just dropped for me as you speak that implicit in a lot of Peterson's talks and lectures and debates is this resistance to being corralled by a group consensus that might be prevalent at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and that that is an embodiment of the kind of the sovereign individual who will make up their own mind and will say what they think and uh, and I suppose in a way he is modeling that. Um, I'm curious about, in a way, um, at least I see two, uh, and, and, it, and there might be more pathways, but one traditional political pathway is, you know, it's a binary, it's left versus right, mm -hmm. it's a battle of ideas. You, you know, um, advance your ideas as best you can in the political space and you affect change. And, um, and that when someone comes along from, you know, even if it's the moderate right, um, that's, that feels threatening to those ideas. And so you try and dismiss them or take them down. Um, mm. and, and then there's this, what feels like a new political space opening, which is about integrating and transcending. So this kind of approach informed by integral theory or metamodernism. Um, mm. And the, it's an attempt to really see the virtue of uh, the healthy expression of the other side. So the healthy expression of the masculine on the right or of the individual on the right. And that maybe is um, that there is an assumption that if there is um, some degree of generosity to um, the what was considered an opposing perspective, that that will also be met with generosity and that we might be able to find a new space of civic dialogue in the middle where our both our conversation and our policy choices um have some sense of balance and that uh, you know at, at a personal level an energetic level there's a balance between the feminine and the masculine on a policy yeah. level between state and market and that we're looking at um maybe a what you might call a deeper center or um, a more productive center that isn't just based on um uh, wherever, like wherever the war of ideas leaves us on the mm -hmm. ideological perspective, but it's actually actively co-created and, and participated in. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and um, and so my and that's basically the uh, maybe assumption that I've been following. And um, maybe my I have doubts about that because even if one side capitulates, for example, or not capitulates, but even if one side really honors and recognizes the virtue of Peterson or virtue of the right, mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that the right will honor uh, and integrate the virtues of the left. And actually, you might just be in a conventional political understanding, ceding ground 
to mm. a, just a more right-wing understanding and view. And so that's my, I think that that's maybe one of my concerns is, is mm -hmm. that, you know, you, it, you can enter into a dialogue and hopefully that will be met with reciprocity. But there's always, you know, actors within a political game that are just ruthlessly advancing their interests. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, if I am, if I'm, let's say, the Koch brothers, or if I am really advancing a particular right-wing neoliberal agenda, it, it might entirely play into my game to have this emerging ecosystem of people like me and you who are entering into this integral space and honoring the ideas of the right, while at the same time they advance their agenda. So mm -hmm. that's maybe that's a concern that I have, and I'm, I'm very, very curious to get your, your thoughts on that. Well, I think what I hear is that you're afraid of losing some kind of ground. And my question would be, where is the ground, you know? I mean, is there a ground? I mean, in, in, one, in one sense, yes, there is. We have a divided brain, you know? We're, we're, we're divided within ourselves. We have left and, you know, our left brain functions differently than, than our right brain. So part of us is very protective and conservative and, and uh, uh, doesn't want to step into, you know, difficult, uh, difficult, this li difficult liminal space. Um, and, and part of, uh, part of us uh, is, is dying for, for uh, you know, uh, I think in one of your talks you talked about, you know, this vulnerability where you feel alive, right? Um, so, so I think that's, that's, the, that's the place to be, right? The place to be is in this vulnerable space where you feel alive. It's, it's not to, to, be, to be, have a fixed agenda or a fixed position or a fixed, um, you know, uh, point of view but again i hear what you're saying that you know that if, if you're too much in this middle space maybe it all turns to mush and, and you know you know don't want to you don't know what to do or you don't know what particular you know if you're in the political world you don't know what particular you know um you know policy to to, to support um well, but, but it, it's interesting to me like i think we i think you're, you're i also something i hear in what you're saying is you're, you're looking for combat and combat is important but combat combat in the sense of nonviolent combat because there has to be combat you know there's a combat of nature to to our to our spirit which is is, is a thing of beauty and that's the, the masculinity right which is so so repressed in a conciliatory space right so so uh you know combat but um you know i hate to overquote peterson but min minimal minimal necessary uh force right so does that make sense sense to you uh, like what I find often is is in 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 uh, much of the the leftist discussion is this sort of mushiness, yeah. Um, hmm. This kind of, you know, being vulnerable and being open and being, you know. But what if they're not vulnerable and open too? You know, they're going to crush you, right? So yes, you need your you need your armor, uh, but but also but also you need to be able to you know you need your armor and you need to be vulnerable. You need to be you know the samurai, the masculine. You need a strong masculine force, but you also need you know the yogi combines the feminine and the masculine in, in one person. You also need this uh, you know loving, tender, you know compassionate, you know all these you know whatever the, the feminine is. Uh, which is often, you know, expressed in cliches, mm. right? Because the feminine also has a fierce element to it. But um, so, can we just yeah? So, so just to just because I think there's something I'd like to to go into in a second. But uh, so you, you said that I've uh, you notice in me a fear of ceding ground. Um, mm -hmm. 
that actually the true place to be is in the liminal and in the vulnerable. And I would say I, I definitely agree with that. Um, and I do believe that genuine political resolution comes from both sides entering into that space and actual what, what wants to emerge comes through both being willing to cede their fixed positions and the new being born through that dialogical process. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, not all actors in the system are subscribed to that game, they're subscribed to advancing their fixed point agenda. And what I see as a, as a wider phenomenon, and you can, um, you can maybe, correct if you think- Can I interrupt over. you though, just for a second? Maybe that's yeah. seated ground is if you're, 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 you're 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 too concerned about what all the other actors are are, are are about, right? Or maybe it's just pragmatic, you know. And maybe it's just uh, political survival. I, I don't know. Does that make any sense? Well, well, maybe. Well, may, maybe I'll illustrate with an example, and then you can okay. you can reflect back to me what what you're seeing, um, mm-hmm. or what maybe I'm not seeing. Um, so I see a a broader phenomenon in the rise of the alt right of um, uh, you know, a moral, a moral panic about free speech um, and, uh, and an overinflation of the harms of postmodernism, a pathologizing of the social justice warrior. Mm-hmm. And what I see is a discrediting of civic and social justice movements that I think are really necessary uh, at this. Uh, they're always necessary in society to have movements for social justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they play a very important function in promoting, as I see, the, the, the real threat of climate change, uh, the real threat of fascist nationalist governments, and that that um, um, and, and you know, in terms of where the world is going, and you know, I see a very clear correlation between you know climate change and resource scarcity, mass migration and the rise of authoritarianism and the loss of the liberal order. Mm-hmm. So that is, a, that is a political game that's playing out. Mm-hmm. And within that, from my perspective, at a time when the left and movements for um, uh, liberalism and for, and for greater fairness and equality and action on climate change are needed, we see what feels like a demonization of those forces. And yes, those forces absolutely need to acknowledge their shadow and the devouring mother that is creating this problem. But I'm also just aware of, um, you know, with someone like Peterson, I, whose agenda does Peterson support? Or who, who, whose agenda is furthered by, by Peterson being a big public intellectual and... Um, yeah, so maybe that's the ground when I think about, and I, and I do think it's a matter of political survival. I do I really see um, a threat of the, the, the far right being the, the preeminent political force of the 21st century. Um, yeah, but they're codependent with the far left, you know, they really are. They're, they're, they're almost the same beast, you know, because the more the, more the, the far left pushes the, the, pushes the, the buttons of, of 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 the far right, the 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 more polarized the, those those two two groups become. So this is exactly uh, the the you know Trump is the exact result of you know this this group of people who were very condescending to traditional working people, right? Who who, who, yeah, who, who treated them like uh, deplorable hu- human beings and 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 considered themselves to be superior in, in, in all ways, right? So um, so you know. 
you know, these, you know, so, so these, the work, you know, working people need, need a, 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 a voice. I mean, um, and, and a voice is not uh, an intellectual, they don't need a, I don't know. A, it's just, it's an energetic thing too, as well as an intellectual game. You might have all the right answers, but mm. people don't vote with their, their minds. They, they, you know, really, I mean, do they, I mean, the average guy, the average person, the average woman and, mm in america are they voting with with uh, with with their intellect no they're voting with their their guts right so um there, there there's an integration that that the left and I, I think peterson's very helpful to the left he may be even more helpful to the left than he is to the right i mean mm. uh because because he's he's allowing for he, you know, a lot of people are are like are are, are, are leftists but they're um, they're, they're, you know, they've been listening to Peterson they're, and they're kind of leftists and they're afraid to tell their friends that they're listening to Peterson. And, but, you know, I think, I, think, I think he's helping to integrate maybe a healthy version of, of, of conservatism uh, uh, in the culture or giving that a voice as well, which is, um, mm. which is necessary, you know? Yeah, I, I totally see that. The, the Peterson, when properly received, is a, is a gift for the left because he's a mirror to the shadow of the left. And it's only by under, like being able to have conversations about, for example, you know, the archetype of the devouring mother that mm. the left can actually win more people over because at the moment the unintegrated shadow is basically putting people off and fueling the far right. So I've I, got I, an idea I, I totally want to agree throw with at it. I, want, I have an idea I want, I want to throw out at you uh, r related to the shadow stuff, right? Because everybody's talking mm. about the shadow, right? These days. And, and I had the idea here that I thought that, okay, what is the shadow of the, of the masculine, right? Everybody says it's, it's, it's violence and aggression and, you know, all, all the terrible things that, you know, men have done through history. Um, and so, so you, the, the, the outer view is that the, the shadow of the masculine is aggression, right? And in, and 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 the shadow of the feminine is then is then passivity, you could say, or or or, or being invisible, or, or or not stepping up, or that kind of thing. So you have this passion, you have this aggression shadow, and then you have this passive aggressive shadow. But then I also and then I thought it's the reverse, right? The shadow of the masculine is passive aggression, uh huh, mm. is not becoming fully masculine, and the shadow of the of the feminine is aggression which you see very much mm. in, in the Me Too movement, aggression uh, against men. It's the part that you don't want to admit or see in yourself, right? Mm. So, so women don't want to admit that they have this aggressive aspect to, that, to their natures, and men don't want to, you know, men don't, men become, men, um, men have this, I don't know, I, I, men have this Does tendency. become what men have this tendency to vacillate it and not, you know, fully embody their masculinity, uh, and 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 and, yeah. and 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 even their aggression. Uh, so so anyway, that was just something I was thinking about, um, which I wanted to throw. Yeah, I mean, I totally identify. I, I I totally I I see both, I, and I see it in myself. You know, can you can you fully step into and own and express your masculine power in the world, and to what degree? given the prevailing culture, do we feel a hyper self-consciousness about that because it's associated with tyranny and, and with aggression? And mm -hmm. uh, despite that, can you still stand in your truth and stand in your power and, and express that? Um, and I think that, yeah, I really resonate with that. And I also 
I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged. Well, at least I can only speak for my circles, but more and more I'm seeing a willingness to speak about the shadow feminine and the, the ways in which um, uh, women um, you know, can be manipulative or can deceive or can display aggression and how that is showing up in the Me Too conversation, for example. Um, I don't know if you saw the, um, the video that came out recently, uh, which was a series of women apologizing to men for aspects of the shadow. Right, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, there was, there was, you know, there was criticism of that video of, you know, you can't apologize on behalf of a gender to another gender. You can only own what you've done personally. But there was, mm-hmm. it, I think it was interesting in that it marked a shift in the conversation that, you know, the, the prevailing um, cultural understanding is, you know, men have done wrong and women are the victims of that. Yeah, and victimology. Yeah. So we have to go beyond. We have to go beyond victimology as being the first. You know, there are real victims, but you have to go beyond victimology as being the first impulse. Uh huh. Hmm. You know, um, and 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 self responsibility on, on both sides. You know, uh, masculine side and feminine side. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious to to do you have um as so do you have a sense uh, that a genuine resolution is possible or like obviously there will always be tensions and conflict within you know large scale systems and societies over ideas but do you feel like there could be the birth of this more integrated center where you know you even have political parties that are the institutional embodiment of being able to hold the masculine and the feminine on a, on a cultural level, be able to honor left and right-wing ideas, and that that would galvanize enough people around that to keep maybe the more unintegrated extremes of the left and right or the unintegrated extremes of masculine and feminine at bay, and that there would be a, a kind of a center that could hold that. Do you, do you have confidence in that? Uh, confidence, no. Um, uh, a certain amount of hope, yes. Um, I, I think that, uh, I think a, a certain kind of utopianism uh, is, is dangerous mm. um, uh, because you're living for, for the future uh, uh, more than you're living, for, you're appreciating, you know, the complexity and messiness of 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 the, of the current uh, situation. So mm. so I I don't think resolution is what we should be looking for. You know I don't think we should be looking for resolution. I think we should be looking to be become more alive and embodied as people and and have more meaningful lives. Mm. So so I don't I don't hold out much hope for any collective. Uh, again I guess that makes me. Petersonian, in some sense, uh, it's, it's the sovereignty of the individual. But I, but I, but I, but I also think that I also think that society organically grows uh, towards that. Does that make any sense? We'll just say a bit more. I, I was with you until the last sentence when you said uh, society organically grows towards that. Well, I think that there's, there is, um, you know, uh, I, think, I think that there's an organic growth uh, of 
of, of society that happens at the same time as it falls apart. Like the two are, are simultaneously happening. So it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And then there's this sort of light shining in the darkness that gets brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that resonates. I, I see the, the seeds of that emerging uh, or, you know, the source code of that. Um, uh, and And maybe it just so happens that the uh, has more airtime or feels louder. You know, it's more of the main, mainstream institutions and, and kind of mainstream political figures are maybe an embodiment of that, like Trump being an example. But then you also have this emerging, in, yeah, point of integration. And I think that mm -hmm. it, it is, I think what's interesting is that it, it feels very mystical and very spiritual in, in at its core, that it is this, a uh, very deeply personal process of of understanding the ways in which you need to grow in order to see with greater clarity the complexity of what's happening uh, to be able to meet people with greater empathy to be able to forge something that works better on a on a more complex level um, mm -hmm. so yeah this this like phrase the personal is political I think is taking a deeper meaning in, in this time that we're in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, this is okay. I've, I've been trying to uh, understand what metamodernism is, and I understand that you work with metamodernist concepts. Mm. And, um, and I think that the, one of the, the ideas of metamodernism is that this integrate include, include idea is, it's, 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 it's political. And I, 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 I don't think, how do I say this? I don't think it starts from the political. I think it starts from the the the, the trans the inner tra tra transformation. I don't think societies, you know, like uh, um, uh, this this idea. I guess there's an economist named Shoemaker who had this book called "Small is Beautiful," and the idea that uh, so so it starts very small. I went to I went to yeah. I know just to say that I went to Schumacher College, so very influenced by. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean yeah. that this phrase works for me. It makes sense to yeah. me because a real community is small. It can't be big, right? Because as soon as something gets too big, it loses its its human contours. There's there's no yeah. intimacy between people. So, so that that's that's where actually that's where I have if I have hope or something, it would be in small communities, not in big social yeah. movements. Um, yeah. I I distrust. Maybe it's my personality. I distrust uh, big, big social movements, but I think if you have a lot of small movements which are spiritually grounded and intelligent, then then that lifts the society up. Mm. And uh, so, yeah. Well, the last thing I wanted to say is that I think that has to be expressed maybe in mythopoetic terms in the arts uh, 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 as well. So there has to be it has to happen on all kinds of levels, right? It has to happen simultaneously on all kinds of levels. And for me, the political is the last level. So I was surprised that metamodernist has a sort of emphasis in the political. Because for me, I, I always think of the political as sort of the last um, yeah. level. But well, I, yeah, I, I think that um, maybe my, like my understanding from working with metamodernists and being a part of that conversation is that, um, yeah, the key idea is that 
personal growth or personal development is the route to a, you know a strong and stable society so it is very much beginning with the eye but it's acknowledging that the ways in which those ideas take hold are at a cultural level and that um, the way they're maybe reinforced supported is by policy and political institutions and so they would be mm-hmm. like for example one of the core ideas is this idea of welfare state 2.0 which isn't just providing a kind of a material security it's also assisting people on their journey of psychological development and of course you know that can get you into strange totalitarian places when you have yeah. systems that are that are that are supporting on that level um, but i do think that's a question of maybe method and policy design but the basic i think the basic premise is sound and i think that politics in a way if, in terms of where we are on the trajectory of the ideas we're very much as I, as far as i can see it in that this is an emerging subculture where personal growth is really the paramount and we see a lots of ideas in the online cultural space that are reflecting that um and that it probably does best take root within small tribes you know that you you can't do personal growth work on your own you need a sangha you need a, mm-hmm. a community that can hold you to account that can support you and you know i see them in my in my own you know london hipster subculture where you know that is self organizing i you know i mean the mm-hmm. co-working space of the psychedelic society there's nothing political or state related about that that's a self organized community and organization that you know obviously are using psychedelics as a particular method or tool but they're at the basis is it's self organizing for people to um practice personal growth become better versions of themselves um i do think that you know someone someone a friend of mine says old fashioned joked so alter ego the organization i run we organize gatherings that are bringing you know leaders in the progressive space around these ideas and to and you know our our strapline is deep politics for divided times um but but she was saying that the mission of the organization should be that in the future it's as easy to get a personal development loan as it is to get a business loan and mm-hmm. and obviously the joke in that is that we clearly have policy that favors certain priorities and certain goals and if we are if we really believe in these ideas then policy on some level should yeah. be supporting them that should yeah. be if you know and i and i do yeah. hope that there is a a culture of personal growth you know and like you know peterson's ideas are really central in this that are reflected in policy so i don't see there being a tension in in let's say metamodernism being a political project Well, my my worry is coercion in in that case uh, you know my worry is uh it's just it's just a kind of worry worry you if you send people away to personal growth <laughs> camps or whatever you know this you know personal growth is is a very delicate organic you know complex process and and i i would be afraid that it would be um corrupted by too much institutionalization Hmm. but then you know at the same time if we think like personal growth has always been emphasized maybe not in in its overt kind of spiritual connotation now but like the whole idea of character development of certain values being instilled yeah. in populations like that's 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 entirely coercive that is a society 
on some level deciding how it wants to condition itself. And that process is happening regardless. And so the question is, what does agency look like within it? Like, how can we promote a set of values at a collective level that are about personal growth and that also really emphasize the sovereignty of the individual to question that process that like really emphasizes critical thinking and a rebellious spirit or whatever that might be. So mm-hmm. I don't think we can avoid collective conditioning. We're doing it, you know, we're doing it in a self-organized cl- collective way regardless. And yeah. Well, so, we are collective beings. I mean, uh, most of us, we believe that we're individuals, but you know, if we really examined our, our, our mind, you know, we're, we're governed by super ego of, of, of the society and, and um, mm. I think real collective yeah. growth is a process of developing something, but it's also, it's also dismantling um, that collective coercion. Can I, can I just, just an, so just an idea that has come to me now, I'm really into this, in this idea of the collective superego. Um, yeah. And I haven't, I haven't really heard of it as a, as a, as a phrase. And and it makes a lot of sense in the way that our own private superego restrains us uh, with a kind of a barrage of thoughts that keeps us in our box mm-hmm. that happens on a collective level. And it feels like a lot of the commentary in the online space is about the devouring mother collective superego, you know, mm-hmm. this particular um, censorship, this kind of crowdsourced collective censorship of ideas and thoughts and the way you're supposed to think about climate change or the patriarchy or whatever. Yeah. Well, uh, equally, I, I, and I wonder whether there's one coming from the tyrannical father of, um, you know, hierarchical organization of a real emphasis on, you know, corporatism and business, which is also uh, conditioning a particular type of productive worker and particular mm-hmm. values around self-worth that a lot of people find it very difficult to emancipate themselves from. They find it very difficult to exit the collective folder shadow of proving yourself by being a good worker. And I just, maybe I just want to love to get your reflections on whether there's a devouring mother within the tyrannical folder collective superego. Well, it's it's a question of consciousness, right? So so the the tyrannical father operates when when he's he's un, he's unconscious, and the tyrannical mother operates when the re, when the good mother is 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 uh, is mm. uh, unconscious. So mm. so uh, so I think it's really a question of consciousness. So I, of course uh, you can see the tyrannical father operating you know i have a daughter she's nine years old and and i can feel the tyrannical father rising up in me at times right you know Mm. and i can also feel the devouring mother which is so hyper protective of this child that i I wouldn't want her to to you know you know i i i I, I wouldn't want her to walk a block by herself in 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 a city street you know so so uh so so these are these are operational on the microcosmic level and also in, in society, uh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. we, we can we can certainly uh, you know uh, criticize the tyrannical father of, of of business and 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 finance and this heartless aggression. Um, uh, absolutely, I mean, and we can also see we can also see this hyper protective safe space culture which peterson goes on about you know ad nauseum right where you know this 
you know, we have, you always have to be, you know, you always have to say the right thing. And whereas, you know, love is love, love moves in both directions, right? It, it moves towards danger. You, you have to be able to, to you know, you have to be, able, I, I wrote this thing. I was like safe space for being dangerous. Cause you have to be dangerous. Like that's, mm. Uh, uh, and if the space is just safe, then it's a sterile space. Mm. Uh, and, but, yeah. uh, but, it, but, but if, but if it's not protected, it, so, so I think it's, it's always, it's really this, 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 uh, middle way, you know, as the Buddhists say, right. This, not, yeah. not too tight, not too loose uh, to, to quote another Buddhist cliche. I, I practiced a lot of Buddhism. So mm. I have endless Zen cliches like, not one and not two, right? So it's neither this nor that, right? It's neither, you know, ma- uh, you know, uh, you don't want a hyper-masculine model, which is, which is, which is, is, is absolutely, you know, a society based in violence. You don't want a hyper-feminine model, which is a society based in castration. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was I was reading this book of Neumann, and if you look in, in ancient societies, it's just amazing how how many castration cults there there were in these ancient societies. And I was thinking, when 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 a lot of the the media uh, uh, operates and Twitter operates as this sort of castration, you know, cult. Uh, you know, it's it's like um, it's like don't say this. It's 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 not. Mm. It's, it's it's you know, you're not allowed to say that, right? So, so, so you you end up becoming very small and and, and very limited in, in in your expression and and, uh... and I suppose like yeah I totally I totally hear that and then I think the the impulse behind that I mean there's there's probably there's there's definitely a shadow but the benevolent impulse behind that is protective so that mm. if certain ideas are given license in society um, that are harmful to groups that have less power, that that's a dangerous thing. And the impulse is to, you know, corral a, a certain conversational space to protect that. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, I suppose where, yeah, maybe just acknowledging the, the virtue behind that or the, at least the, the, the benevolent intention behind that is that if we, um, so like, you know, let's say when it comes to uh, points of view that might be considered anti-Semitic, let's say this is the current controversy going on in the Labour Party and the left, there is a definite, uh, you could say the devouring mother archetype is present in saying you can't have certain oh, yeah. points of yeah, view. Absolutely. Um, because you're you are creating political space to be anti-Semitic and Jews will suffer because yeah. of that. Yeah, but maybe that's not the devouring mother. Maybe that's the 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 uh, the, the nurturing mother. The you know this mm. is you know that's that's the positive mother mother uh, role or or the positive father, right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it they kind of you switch are. these things around, but but yeah, but uh, but but right. There's a limit, right? There's there is a limit somewhere. What I do, what I do, what I do, maybe what I'm finding as you speak with this middle way, you know, it's not, it's, it's both, it's becoming conscious of the tyrannical father and the benevolent mother. Um, it's, it's this kind of integration or this dynamic interplay between the two. Well, you said the really, tyrannical father and the benevolent mother. And the devouring mother. 
yeah maybe that's my bias well, that's 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 your left-wing bias right there right the mother is always is always good you know and the father the patriarchy the tyrannical father is, is always you know yeah. uh, uh, bad right you know yeah thank you for calling me out on it sorry I, I couldn't i couldn't resist it but yeah, yeah but that's so like that's okay i think also it's okay to um to make a slip up that's revealing of your bias and to and i and i think that to be gently corrected and for that to be okay you know that that's part of the i hope that's part of the new political discourse you know like it, we currently live in a, a discourse where that kind of thing is seized upon that's like i told you he's a marxist lefty and you shouldn't listen to him yeah. rather than like he's a young man trying to make his way in the world and figure out what's what and is full of biases which is i think maybe a more positive rendering of of, of who i am and what i am um, sure. um uh and which is why i really appreciated your writing because i felt that generosity of like it's okay it's like i see biases in this person and mm. i also have biases and that's okay you know we well, can, and you we can, also obviously care for for all these issues deeply right you care for you know women's issues uh, deeply right so so um so uh and that causes pain. That's painful. You have to take in all this pain if you care about things deeply, right? Yeah. Um, so going back before I made that um, slip up, <laughs> the <laughs> tyrannical father and the devouring mother, uh, I'm having a deeper appreciation that to maintain that space at a collective level requires real sovereignty of the individual because you can't follow a collective script. You have to judge moment to moment, context to context, what's appropriate and have ongoing awareness of where you might be slipping into the shadows. Yeah, um, the script so, is the superego, right? Which is, which is mm. always threatening to control you and, and you know, push yeah. you into some, some kind of a, a box. Whereas, whereas the difficulty is, is keeping, remaining, and you use this word vulnerable a lot, remaining in, in, this, in this intense vulnerability, right? Mm. which is uh you know you want to shut down you want to you want to you want to um you want to you want to remain comfortable within your your knowledge your certainty your ideology your 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 tribe mm. your your family you want you want this discomfort which is important too and, but uh which i can go ahead no just to say that i maybe i have um a maybe a new understanding that politics in a way is as is currently being played out, is a battle for the script, for the collective script that then polices people at a collective level, um, whether that, that script have left-wing or right-wing values, that it's a, it's a battle over how we tell people how to be. And I think that what's, what I'm seeing is actually a rejection of that process um, and a, yeah. a championing of whether it, whether it be dominated by right-wing values or left-wing values that actually what has been cultivated is a sovereign individual that mm -hmm. can have a healthy relationship with the super yeah. ego, whether it be an individual or a collective level. And it's not just the so sovereign individual, it's the I-thou relationship, you know, rather than the I-it relationship. If you know Martin Buber, he's a, he's a Jewish philosopher, and uh, he says, you know, that what's most precious is the space between us, right? 
Um, it's not uh, it's not me as an individual and you as an individual. It's it's the, it's the the space of communication uh, between us. It's that each person you meet is a thou, right, and not an it. You know, it's not a thing or a. You know, so uh, so um, yeah, I was thinking about this idea of sovereign individuality, and I was thinking it's a very satisfying concept, but it also needs this relational idea as well, right? It, which is, mm. it also needs it also needs this idea of the uh, of of what you need in this, um, you know, uh, I guess the the whole entire political um, dialogue process, etc., is is about that. It's, it's about meeting in this in between space. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. And, uh, and 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 th that's the only place where something generative really happens. Uh -huh. Yeah. Otherwise, the, uh, we're just uh, in our corner and, and angry and pissed off and hmm. or just just shut down. Yeah. There's. Um, yeah, it reminds me of that. You know, there's different models for different levels of listening. There is the um you know pure not listening where you're just sticking with your fixed viewpoint and rejecting and um and and, and not acknowledging either the other person or their ideas and then there's listening at the level of debate where i'll share my thoughts you share your thoughts we'll trash them out but ultimately we're coming from that and then there's dialogue where we're in some level in a process of synthesis which maybe i feel is what we're displaying here uh, mm -hmm. to greater and lesser extents. Uh, but then the level below that is um, presencing and that actually both of us in, in, in a kind of a, this is maybe more of like a Bohmian dialogue where we are feeling into what wants to be generated from between us in mm -hmm. the conversational space. Mm -hmm. what, what is the new that wants to emerge and, um, and, uh, and, and trusting that in the intelligence of that, that it's, yeah. it's neither your idea or my idea, it's, 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 this, it's the space between. Well, that's when you feel it in your body, right? That's, yes. that's, that's yeah. when it's no longer uh, in, merely intellectual. It, it's that, that you, you feel it on a really somatic uh, level, I think, hmm. when you get hmm. to the, the presence of, of things. So do you feel maybe what's alive for you now, having maybe arrived at that place? Um, oh, I think that this is, this is positive. Mm. And yeah, it's, it's yeah. but there is, there is for me always because it, maybe it's just because of my, my personality there, there's always, uh, there, there is always this, um, you know, uncertainty or groundlessness or it's like, where, where are we, you know, right now? And mm. Mm. But I'm familiar with that because I've, I've practiced meditation quite a bit. I haven't mastered it by any means. I'm, I'm, but uh, but I'm familiar with that. With 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 doing that that kind of work on some level. Hmm. So, what I what I notice in myself is both 
I, f I feel as we talk more embodied, I feel like a greater spaciousness in my body. Um, and and there's a, a curiosity about what emerges from that space between us um, that I can probably only locate by uh, speaking about what's going on inside me. And, you know, whether that be feelings or thoughts. Um, and I, I, I really feel like th this conversation has meaning for me. Um, even though I, I feel like there's been um, a dynamic of a kind of a teacher-student happening here, I feel like a, you know a lot of the views that I'm bringing. Your, um, I suppose, I know, like, am I being too but, pedagogic and, and not? Uh, no, 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 but, 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 but in, in a way that's in a way that's humbling and good, and it's. Uh, I don't know. It's. I. I, I find it. It's. It, it's both. It's really opening my eyes to perspectives, and there's also um, a humility required in that. And and I and I then I have this lingering, devouring mother collective superego, um, telling me that I'm straying away from <laughs> my progressive doctrine, you know. And I just want to acknowledge that, you know. I want to be conscious of that. Um, I somehow feel very palpably the which I think is quite natural when you record something and put something online, yeah. the fear of what, what will people think of this? What will people make of this? Will, you know, and uh, I just want to bring that into the, the conversational space that that's, uh, that's an aspect of my experience as we talk. And that's maybe that's what's alive for me is mm -hmm. as I go further from what I know and from my own script, which is, you know, has been, developed within myself but is obviously informed by the collective I, I i more and more enter into this unknown space which feels like mm -hmm. both alive and uncomfortable um mm, but yeah. i have but I, but it's i also have a sense of meaning in that that that's that actually pe what people are searching for or at least what some people are searching for is that it's like don't tell me don't give me the talking points and the rehearsal points of left versus right i've, I've heard them i'm done with them I, I want to be in the space of unknown with you and see what, what arises. Yeah. And what, what we're looking for is we're looking for a living, a living speech, right? We're looking, we're looking to be able to really speak to each other beyond truisms and cliches and, and, uh, and, and these, these automatic uh, reflexes that we have and, uh, you know, and whatever indoctrination, um, you know, we, you know, we, that has been imposed on us. We, we, we want, what's when you when you have real communication you're very close to poetry right because you're expressing what is coming up right now it's 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 very different than than uh, an argument or i think you, you spoke about that a few minutes ago uh it's not um it's not an argument it's it's a, it's an un, un, unraveling and a revealing process you know um, I, I read Heidegger, and, I, and, and Heidegger talks about mm. thinking, thought as being it's something revealed. It's not. It's not a concept. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not something delineated. It's when something is is something unfolds. Something is is you know something is unfolding, and that yeah, that's the liminal, uncomfortable, you know, difficult space, and and that's what we have to have to keep doing, or, or we're going to die. You know, we're just beginning to become what Gurdjieff called machine man. You know, where we're completely. completely um, you know, we can become very robotic 
uh, people, we can we can become very, you know, we can just completely we can completely mechanized mechanized people unless we make this effort to enter this uncomfortable space, right? So I feel the same way as you. I feel that talking to you, uh, I, I I I do feel I'm entering into a, a discomfort of some kind because. You know, I don't know you. And, and One thing that's coming up for me is that I've been invited to give a talk in uh, Vienna in a couple of weeks' time on vulnerability in 21st century politics, something like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and um, in many ways, our conversation is validating that hypothesis that if we genuinely want to... Um, produce something new and not re recreate old patterns that we have to enter into this vulnerable space together. That's kind of the, maybe the core of it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but then my question is, uh, is a lot of, a lot of, a lot of vulnerability is whether people are ready for it. You know, like I could be really vulnerable and in this recording talk about all of my really deep, dark shadows, the kind of things that I don't tell anyone about. And I think that that would probably wouldn't go down well with most people and I would destroy my reputation. And so in a political environment, there's a reason why we, we keep to a script. The script is in reference to what the collective superego decides is normal and okay. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so what I'm sitting with is whether you know, vulnerability, which has become this trend in, you know, kind of the, the, the Brené Brown zeitgeist in spiritual circles, um, whether it has, uh, what, how, you know, how, how does that relate to politics? So it's only to say that that's, I would, I would love if you had any thoughts. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because cause I had a resistance to you speaking you know, a couple of times about vulnerability without also speaking about toughness. Because again, I, I, I think it's this emphasis on the feminine. So mm. we have to be tough and vulnerable, mm. I think. I mean, and toughness might not be, you know, that in, in, in vogue, but... And, you know, I don't, is, is vulner, vulnerability is not necessarily a, a confession. It might just be not be stepping out of the mask, right? The persona and just, just being there, right? You know, being really, really there, you know, which you can feel. So you, you can be on the script or off the script. That's, that's not really the point the, is, is the language or the languaging or the words. It's, 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 the presence behind the, the language in, in the words because words are limited. Mm. Mm. And I think that's a, I think that that's maybe my sense is that that's what people are yearning for is to feel the presence of public figures, to be able to feel them. And in a way, mm. Trump is a facsimile of that. You, he mm. is very visceral. You, mm. He does depart from the script and you do feel him. But, mm. um, maybe there's a question around whether that's actually coming from an authentic presence inside him or from something else. Well, it's, it's, uh, he's like the ugliest man in the world, which is, is, is kind of interesting. Like it's cause, cause it's like to see that. Right. Um, <laughs> I have a suspicion that, you know, of course I, I don't support Trump in, in practically anything, 
that he is or says or does, but I have a suspicion that he that 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 Trump is 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 uh, Trump is the shadow himself. It's like coming out, and that's 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 important that he's here for people to see that, <laughs> um, which is not a political statement, you know, of of any kind, but. But it, but it allows it 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 allows it, it's it's kind of smashed all the constructions that we have. I remember very feeling very much when he was elected that the world Mike whatever I've constructed as as my reality is no longer that that's it's it's no longer the same. It's it's something it's something something different. So so if if you can if, if you if you have the guts to, to to look at that it can be valuable right rather than just you know being reactive yeah even 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 speaking of even speaking of even saying his name is almost like it's it's like a curse of some kind it's like you feel like you're cursed right to be talking about him uh, there's well, a, like yeah, I, I said I remember before he was elected don't even talk about him don't say his name to say that name is a curse it's a curse. Uh, but it's but it's but it's but it's extremely valuable to to look at that, you know. And that's again, I'm not talking about whatever damage he's doing or 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 or, or whatever. But he's he's the pathological man, uh, you know, and uh, he's the non-man man. He's 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 in that void, you know, that he creates. Um, you know. Uh, uh, new things can, can kind of emerge out of whatever he's destroying, I, I think, which is a radical thing to say. But Well, maybe I think what's missing, like on one level, it's the, it's the, it's the personification of the tyrannical father. And it, it gives people a way of localizing a wider, maybe a, a set of wider concerns about mm -hmm. the dominant system that we have. But it's more than that, though. It's it's not just tyrannical. It's ugliness. I want to go further than tyrannical. It's ignorance. It's, it's like, it's yeah. like, uh, you know. So I, but, but you know, my theory of this, and you is is that this he, he he's he's the creation of 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 progressivism as much as he is the creation of 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 yeah. of uh, uh, he's the creation of the left and the right. He's just he's just like yeah. saying, okay, is this the world you want? people you know you know wait wait wake the fuck up uh, i suppose maybe I'm, I'm wondering whether you would agree with the sense that ultimately trump is a mirror to all of those qualities that we have within us and that we you know we 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 are horrified by trump and yet trump is the western shadow and that on all of those tendencies lie dormant within us if like if you mm -hmm. like that, that that would be a you know a perspective from shadow psychology or from Jungian psychology that we have the you know we have the the murderer and the rapist inside us yeah. that potential is latent unless it is we are conscious or just the complete schmuck or whatever it could be you don't even have to talk about it in that, in that extreme terms yeah. just sort of non-person right um and what do, you mean, what do you mean by non-person good question i i have a feeling that trump is a non-person like he's not a, he's not a soul <laughs> he doesn't have a soul but but there's a lot of people but then, and then again there's another kind of there's another kind of persona in politics that doesn't have a soul either that's very flashy and very 
He speaks mm. very well, and and it's like you were saying, yeah. I think before that 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 you see a lot of these empty shells walking mm. around, and uh, and you don't have any. Um, you, you don't have any feeling for them. You know, at least you get a feeling from Trump. At least, at least Trump makes people feel on some level. Yeah? Which, which I think, you know, I mean, it's a terrible thing, but it's, I, it's good that Trump is making people feel. I, I have the same. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. good. Well, I'm really, I think that's a good takeaway for me is the, your immediate impression that the, the overemphasis of vulnerability and not emphasizing toughness and that as the virtue and that maybe that's that's kind of been a something that has helped click into place where vulnerability is an asset but also if it isn't accompanied by toughness then it just seems a bit too soft and something that doesn't have substance and you need both in right and vulnerability can be very manipulative too right uh, you yeah. know here I am yeah. and i'm being vulnerable and uh take care of me and and love me and, and look yeah. at me and, and uh, you know. So yeah. I, I don't think that's what we mean by vulnerability though. I, I think we mean something else. I think uh, there's a place where vulnerability and toughness meet. And that's, hmm. I think vulnerability is toughness in a way because you have to be tough to be vulnerable. You have to, you know, hmm. you have to be there. Hmm. Well, one, I just want maybe last thought to, to leave you with is that the vulnerability so that so one interesting article i can send it on to you afterwards is jules evans i don't know if you've if familiar with his writing he's a philosopher in the uk and he talks about the or he's written about the shadow of vulnerability and this idea of it being a status play within certain communities and it mm -hmm. being um uh you know way of of you know all, all ted talks have the vulnerability moment at some point. Oh yeah, you know, it's a marketing, it's a marketing employer uh, tool. But the genuine vulnerability, you know, where you genuinely feel vulnerable, you feel like the ground beneath you isn't solid, um, mm -hmm. and um, that, in a way, that that is a true honouring of of reality and of the complexity of a situation. And so, mm -hmm. political leaders do us a great service when they can be vulnerable and acknowledge actually this this situation that we're in doesn't conform to the narrative that we have about it that yeah. actually it's much more confusing and complex but the, my question is the degree to which uh, the public at large has a tolerance for that level of uncertainty because it is something it's a muscle well, that you have to work well when you say vulnerability i i uh, what came up for me is truth right you know, so, 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 you know, politicians, uh, uh, I guess, I guess that's what vulnerability would be for a politician. It would be to, 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 to risk, risk telling the truth in certain situations, right? Mm. Where, where one's reputation uh, might be at stake. Uh, uh -huh. and, but, but the truth would supersede the person's reputation. Mm. And, uh, and, it would supersede the, you know, whatever kind of, uh, you know, manipulation, you know, that, that, that needs to be done, which may be idealistic, but well, yeah, you would in, the world, in the world of politics, but, but, uh, but I think vulnerability is truth. It's embodied truth. Mm. Right. I don't think yeah. it, I, I, you know, and then there's, you know, there's a manipulative mask of vulnerability, which can be very dangerous, but then there's, you, Real truth. Yeah.
No, Ron? No, no, go ahead. Yeah, I just, I no, just as you're speaking, a lot of what you're saying, uh, I'm, I'm curious the degree to which you read Hannah Arendt or uh, her thinking and writing has influenced you uh, because she's someone that speaks about both the dangers of totalitarianism but also the function of embodied truth and speaking into the public forum from this place and that, ha that has a renewing effect so i was just curious the, yeah. the degree to which i, I, I yeah yeah i've read i i've i've, I've read and appreciated Hannah Arendt a, a little i've 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 read more more of heidegger than her her lover so he's he's not He's not so. I guess he. I guess Hannah Arendt is more of a political philosopher, um, but uh, but yeah. Um, the uh, what what is her big the banality of evil or is that is that her big her big her big phrase the the banality of evil? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, that's still that's what we're talking about, right? There's all these masks who present that present themselves, and what we're really looking for is is not the mask. The banal, the banal mask is, is, is we're looking for the the, the, the the person standing in their truth. That's what we mm. want to be, and that's what we long for somebody else mm. to, to, mm. To, to manifest for us. Uh, yeah. Good. That feels like a good place to end. Yeah, now. cool, man. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it was a great pleasure talking to you. Yeah, yeah really lovely. Thank you thank so you much. For thank you for taking the time.